the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Drowning in a sea of white. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. The snow stopped falling a while ago in Buffalo's South Downs, but snowstorms are the gift that keeps on giving. I've lived here my whole life. I've never seen anything like it. Somebody help us out. Get us out of here. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says the big concern now is what to do with all of that lake effect snow. If you have a historic event with over four feet of snow in a densely populated area, I don't know where people expect all that snow to go. It has to be hauled out. Transporting it someplace else to get it out of the community takes time, takes work, takes effort. Western New Yorkers know that coping with record snowfall is an all-hands-on-deck situation, and the Village of Hamburg Volunteer Fire Department's rewarding residents with a chance to win free Buffalo Bills tickets by shoveling out fire hydrants in the community. You enter by providing proof that you've shoveled out a hydrant and posting a photo of the freed fire plug to the department's Facebook page or tag them on Twitter by noon on Thursday. Whoever wins gets two tickets to a Bills game in December against Miami. That snow has made Thanksgiving week travel a big challenge for some, but AAA's predicting it will be the third busiest Thanksgiving travel period ever. Spokesperson Robert Sinclair says 54 million people will go at least 50 miles from home. Every major road, I'm sure, will be packed with traffic, particularly after 5 p.m. on Wednesday as commuters and holiday travelers mix together. Air travel expected to be up 8% compared to last year. This United Airlines spokesman says it's showtime for his business. It's the most important holiday of the year for us. We plan and plan and plan throughout the year. This dad was anxiously awaiting his daughter at an airport. I've seen her since May, and then with COVID, she kind of got locked down in New York, and so it's great to have her home for the holidays. However, this lady not exactly excited to be at the airport during the holiday travel rush. I've never traveled during Thanksgiving, and I don't want to. (laughs) It looks too busy. Indeed, all those folks are traveling to share a Thanksgiving meal, we assume, and the average cost of throwing that feast together is up 14% this year thanks to inflation. These folks among those who are cutting back a bit. We're just not buying as much to have as many leftovers, so we're not going to have as much on the table. Kids are kicking in this year. Usually they make mama do it, you know, but... The average cost for a classic Thanksgiving feast, a little over $53 for 10 people, according to the U.S. Farm Bureau, the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner in the 37 years they've been studying that. Elsewhere, a decorated Army vet who tackled a shooter in a Colorado Springs nightclub being hailed as a hero, an honor, though, he calls unwarranted. More from CBS's Donya Beckus. I'm not a hero. I'm just some dude. The U.S. Army veteran was at the club with his wife, daughter, and her boyfriend, Raymond Green Vance. Vance, along with Ashley Paw, Kelly Loving, and bartenders Derek Rump and Daniel Aston were killed. My daughter got to spend her last day with him. Happy. Five crosses have been placed here at the growing memorial outside of Club Q. They're looking for answers in suburban Boston after a still unidentified driver crashed his SUV into an Apple store, killing one person, injuring more than a dozen. District Attorney Tim Cruz. We're trying to piece it together right now, exactly what happened. Uh, But like I said, this is a a terrible event. It's a terrible day. Cruz wouldn't speculate on whether it was an intentional act by the driver who's in custody. The man who was killed was working a construction job at the store. In a statement, Apple says the company is devastated by the incident. And the driver who crashed into 25 Los Angeles County 
Sheriff's Department recruits in Whittier, California, last week claims he fell asleep at the wheel on the way to work. 22-year-old Nicholas Gutierrez says the crash was an accident. I fell asleep at the wheel and I woke up to people banging on the window to get out. I had no words. I got asked if they were okay and they pulled me on and took me to the ground. Gutierrez also says he comes from a law enforcement family. While the effects would be far-reaching, the possibility of a nationwide rail strike is apparently very real once again. Just weeks after the Biden administration had hailed a deal it brokered as averting that possibility, multiple unions have since rejected those proposals. Jeremy Ferguson is a spokesman for one of the unions. Profits above all else. Every quarter, they wanted to lower their operating ratios uh, so they could please Wall Street, and they did not worry about pleasing their employees. I think a day of reckoning is coming. A striker lockout could happen as soon as December 9th. Over a quarter of voters think the incoming House Republican majority should look into impeaching President Biden. That's just over 6% of Democrats who responded to the morning consult Politico poll compared to 55% of Republicans. President Biden has called the potential probes almost comedy. I'm Mark Mayfield. In Indonesia, a death toll rising after Monday's earthquake in West Java province. At least 250 people dead, including several children who were in school when their buildings collapsed. The BBC's Jerome Wirenwan is there. The wounded are now being treated in makeshift tents outside of a hospital to avoid incidents caused by aftershocks, which is still occurring this morning. The shallow quake was a magnitude 5.6 on the open-ended Richter scale. The shelling of Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant continues. Warnings grow louder of the potential for a European nuclear disaster. In an exclusive, CBS News has made contact with one of the Ukrainian plant operators who've been held hostage by Russian forces. Through a translator, he says the situation inside that plant is dire. Russian forces are capable of anything. They behave like monkeys playing with hand grenades. They're reckless and stupid. CBS's Chris Luce reports that Russia has already tried and failed to steal power from the plant by linking it to the Russian power grid. Plan B appears to be making sure Ukraine can never use the plant again. A war crime by Ukrainian soldiers? That's the implication of a newly surfaced video. The video seems to show what happened. Russian soldiers are lying on the ground after surrendering. It's been suggested that one did point a gun at his Ukrainian captors, but either way there's a blast of machine gun fire and 12 men appear dead. The Ukrainian authorities have promised they will investigate. The BBC's Paul Moss. Back on the home front, the bloodletting reportedly continues at Twitter with a new round of layoffs impacting its sales and partnerships teams. This analyst doesn't think the company recently purchased by Elon Musk will survive. I think they're on a path to bankruptcy, but, but it's a matter of when at this point, not yet, unless they can make some serious changes. Analyst Bob Enderley says it'll be tough for Twitter to shore up client confidence with a reduced sales force. Chrisley apparently didn't know best after all. Reality TV stars Todd and Julie Chrisley being sent to federal prison after being found guilty in a tax evasion case. FBI agent Carrie Farley. Today's sentencing proves when you lie, cheat, and steal, justice is blind to your fame, fortune, and position. Prosecutors say the Chrisleys took out $30 million in fraudulent loans to fund their lavish lifestyle. Well, the youngsters from the U.S. almost pulled off a win in their opening round World Cup soccer debut against Wales yesterday. Almost. Late in the second half, with 10 minutes left, the U.S. fouled Welsh superstar Gareth Bale in the penalty area. He tied the game on a penalty kick. Bale 
score. The tie is a disappointment for the American squad, and the U.S. could need help to advance to the next round. CBS's Steve Futterman doesn't get any easier for Team USA either. Up next, England, the favorite to emerge from that group. The U.S. will also face off against Iran in the opening round. All right, still to come on the noon report, coping with copious snow in western New York. Pennsylvania Republicans reassess after a tough midterm and cheap gas at Sheets, but there is a catch. Well, good afternoon to all. Good news for pre-Thanksgiving travel. The uh, next couple nights and days look pretty quiet for the weather locally and regionally. I'll have details. The forecast coming up the CN10. Sounds good, Kevin. Now checking the stories making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. Snow removal efforts continue in earnest in Buffalo which is still digging out from record-setting lake-effect snow. Tara Lynch with WIVB says it's been a round-the-clock operation in the Queen City. You can see these front loaders are just pushing all of that snow from the intersection. They're basically just making laps from the street with the snow and then dumping it out and coming back for more. Homeowners in Buffalo being reminded not to just clear snow off of their sidewalks and driveways, but roofs as well. The fear is that more roofs may cave in under the weight of that heavy snow. In Hamburg and Orchard Park, nearly seven feet has many roofs sagging. Just the amount of snow we got, uh, we definitely didn't expect. We are used to a lot because we're off the lake, but not like this. Many school districts in the affected areas, including the city of Buffalo, are closed again today, although city schools say they do plan to reopen tomorrow. Ontario County deputies will be doing their part to make sure people who visit Eastview Mall feel safe during the holiday shopping season. Members of law enforcement are going to conduct bike patrols in the parking lot over the next few weeks. It's believed that by using bikes, police can approach criminals unnoticed because in most cases those individuals are looking for marked or unmarked patrol vehicles. There will also be an increased security presence inside of the mall. Pot shops will be popping up soon in New York State. More from correspondent Steve Burns. A year and a half after New York League legalized marijuana. I am pleased to present this first batch of retail licenses. The state's Cannabis Control Board is approving 36 licenses, the first groups that will legally be allowed to sell in New York. In keeping with past promises, most licenses are going to those who had previously been convicted of a marijuana-related offense. The first sales are expected before the end of the year. Now to Pennsylvania, House Republicans in Harrisburg will be huddling up today to pick their new leaders for the coming year. The GOP doing some election dissection after losing control of the lower chamber for the first time in a dozen years. Loman Henry with the Conservative PA Leadership Conference trying to explain why the red wave never washed over PA. If you have responsible conservatives cut in the mold of Ronald Reagan and William F. Buckley talking about issues that people care about, we win. When we get off on side issues, that's where we lose. Henry blames a bruising primary season and redistricting for the GOP losses in Pennsylvania this year. Governor-elect Josh Shapiro, still the state's attorney general, has reached a settlement deal with the food delivery service Grubhub. An investigation by Shapiro's office had previously determined that Grubhub customers were frequently charged higher prices for their ordered items than they would have paid if they ordered from restaurants directly. According to the settlement announced yesterday, Grubhub will donate $125,000 to Pennsylvania food banks in addition to adding price disclosures to pages on on their app. It's another consequence of the opioid epidemic in Pennsylvania. Today in the Commonwealth, there are more than a quarter million children being raised by their grandparents due to drug overdoses. We've lost an entire generation. What does that mean for their children, for their parents? 
Jen Smith is a drug and alcohol interdiction specialist in Harrisburg. She says the PA Kin Connector provides resources for grandparents who all of a sudden find themselves in the role of parent again. The Lehigh Valley Health Network will stop accepting Aetna insurance next year, a move that opponents say could lead to higher out-of-pocket costs for thousands of patients. The Health Network sent a letter to area employers last Thursday informing them of the decision to no longer accept Aetna plans as of March 13th. The letter accuses the health insurance giant of refusing to pay for care provided to Aetna members. The network has been contracted with Aetna for about 20 years. A hospital in North Central Pennsylvania is no longer doing emergency surgeries. That story from Family Life's Terry Diener. One of two Geisinger hospitals in Lycoming County has stopped performing emergency surgeries due to a lack of need. The monthly number of people requiring such surgery at Geisinger Jersey Shore typically range from zero to four. Elective surgery will continue and there will be no impact on staffing. Terry Diener. Family Life News. Thank you, Terry. And hundreds of Sheets gas stations are lowering their gas prices ahead of Thanksgiving. The chain is dropping its unleaded 88 fuel to $1.99 a gallon. That offer available through next Monday, November 28th at more than 360 Sheets locations. It's worth noting that that unleaded 88 gas has 5% more ethanol, which might not work well in all vehicles, though it is approved by the EPA for cars built since 2001. All right, time to check sports. Here's Randy. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, some nights you have it and some nights you don't. And last night in Oklahoma, the Knicks had it. As a team, they shot almost 53% from the field, and they beat the same team that manhandled them a week ago, scoring 145 points. But last night, Julius Randle had a double-double, scoring 25 and grabbing 11 rebounds. R.J. Barrett also had 25 points. Jalen Brunson led all scorers. He had a season-high 34 points. Emmanuel quickly came off the bench to score 18. The Knicks won it 129-119. to Other winners on the hardwood, the Cavs, Pacers, Bulls, Bucks, T-Wolves, Pelicans, and Clippers. On the ice, New York's Anthony Beauvillier scored the game winner in overtime as the Islanders took down the Maple Leafs 3-2. Noah Dobson and Josh Bailey also lit the lamp for the Isles. The Flyers fell to Calgary 5-2. Also skating to wins, New Jersey, Boston, Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado, San Jose, and Vegas. In the NFL last night in Mexico City, Jimmy G put on a show for over 78,000 fans. And the 49ers beat the Arizona Cardinals 38-10. Garoppolo throwing four touchdown passes in the win. World Cup action. The U.S. drew with Wales 1-1 in their opener. The Americans will play England on Friday. And a huge upset occurred early this morning as Argentina, one of the favorites to win the cup, was beaten by Saudi Arabia 2-1. Saudis are ranked 51st in the world. Just goes to show you, on any given day, any professional team can beat any other team, no matter how much they are favored by. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, digging out from under a lake effect blanket, hitting the road and the air for Thanksgiving, and twins who you might say were born 30 years old. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street.
This week marks the anniversary of both the birth and the death of C.S. Lewis, one of the most remarkable Christians of the last century. Even today, nearly 60 years after his passing, Christians of all denominations, depths, and discernment continue to learn from C.S. Lewis about the nature and substance of faith. Lewis was uniquely effective at slipping behind even the most compelling defenses of materialism. His writing, which could range from popular to academic, demonstrated a warmth and genuineness, as well as his incisive mind and a passionate loyalty to truths considered radical today. As portrayed in the brilliantly done film, The Most Reluctant Convert, Lewis spent his youth meandering through all kinds of worldviews and fashionable ideas. A process, of course, that fits quite snugly within our early 21st century perception of truth as a journey. And yet he refused to follow the script. After a road filled with twists and turns, a little atheism and agnosticism over here, a time of pantheism and spiritualism over there, Lewis finally stumbled back to first theism and then, to his own great horror, classical Christianity. In a sense, Lewis embraced the faith of his fathers in spite of himself. As he wrote in God in the Dock, quote, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity, end quote. Lewis's brilliance as a writer and his skill as an apologist enabled him to hone the craft of describing deep truths in simple form. He seemed to instinctively understand that though the eternal truths of God remain as true as ever, we have to offer them to our neighbors using today's terms. And yet, at the same time, we must never alter those truths in order to make them more palatable or believable. Faith, after all, lifts our hearts, minds, and imaginations beyond this world to something bigger. His skill in doing all of that gives his works an almost insidious quality. Skeptics who pick up Lewis's books are in immortal danger of Christian infection. His light style and engaging manner keep readers off their guard just long enough for the truth to get under their skin. And while they think they're reading the words of an unusual Christian who somehow gets it, little by little, many find that his Christianity is actually getting them. One reason that Lewis continues to reach so many for Christ today is that he refused to treat his religion as religious, as something set apart from real life. His fantasy is so luminous because it speaks to the longings that we all have for truth, goodness, and beauty, and for going, as he put it, further up and further in than the paltry myths of our modern age. His prose was keen, his logic was clear, but more than just clever words and vivid characterizations, the tricks of his trade were part of something bigger, a means to the end of pointing his readers to the truth about God, about themselves, and about the world. And thankfully, two groups with similar vision and creativity are now making it even easier to share Christ through sharing Lewis with the unbelievers in your life. The C.S. Lewis Doodle YouTube page adds compelling visuals to Lewis's own words and makes them shareable on social media and email. The result is a terrific and compelling visual presentation. And of course, there's Max McLean's incredible storytelling through the Fellowship of Performing Arts, which brings Lewis's ideas to stages, screens, and college campuses all over the country. And their latest performance is called Further Up and Further In. It picks up where the most reluctant convert leaves off after Lewis's conversion and follows his incredible spiritual journey. You can find out more about the Fellowship for Performing Arts at fpatheater.com. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. This Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Timothy Paget. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, please visit colsoncenter.org. 
Things are very quiet. Uh, most of the country is free of any extreme or severe weather. Our call here this afternoon is for sun and clouds. More sun in Pennsylvania, a little more cloud cover in New York, but some sun as well. High temperatures reaching the upper 30s to the middle 40s. For tonight, generally clear in Pennsylvania, fairly cloudy in New York with a flurry or sprinkle. Low temps, 20s and low 30s. Sun and clouds tomorrow behind the 40s and Thanksgiving Day, a fair amount of sunshine. High temperatures then well into the 40s and lower 50s Thanksgiving afternoon. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thank you again for joining us. Snow removal, the name of the game in South Buffalo and the South Towns, after nearly seven feet of snow fell in a relatively short period of time. Plowing and snow removal has been too slow for some folks, but these Buffalo residents tell WYVB that in many cases, those doing the complaining also might share in the blame. A plow actually bypassed our street because there were cars stuck in the street. So they just weren't following the ban. So that's a big reason why it was happening so slow. The city's been doing great. They're working everything. I'm pleased, but it's just the people who wouldn't stay home like they're supposed to. Western New Yorkers have an extra degree of difficulty if they're trying to drive or fly away for Thanksgiving week. These guys were able to get a jump on their travel plans, looking to save bucks and extend family time by taking off earlier. Ticket prices affected my decision making completely. I'd rather spend a little few extra more time with my family opposed than spending a few extra bucks. But this woman says the airport was no picnic for her. People everywhere, huge lines for security, for baggage claim, a lot of tempers started to flare. One of the men who helped take down the Colorado Springs nightclub shooter is speaking out. Richard Fierro, a decorated Army veteran, tackled and held down the gunman before he harmed any more people. But he says, please don't call him a hero. I wish I could have saved everybody in there. I, uh, that was the wrong word to say. I wish I could have done more, okay? But those people aren't home tonight. I am. And I'm, and I'm really upset by that. That's not something I'm proud of. Another man identified by Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers as Thomas James jumped in and helped him. More than a dozen people injured, one dead, after an SUV plowed into a Massachusetts Apple store yesterday. The incident happened in the town of Hingham, just south of Boston. All the employees of Apple and all the customers are in that store because nobody should be dealing with this holiday week. The local district attorney wouldn't speculate whether or not it was an intentional act, but says the male driver has been detained. The U.S. will keep being there for Ukraine as it fights back against Russia. We've heard us say uh, that uh, we'll continue to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. While in Indonesia, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said he thinks Ukraine has put the more than $20 billion the U.S. has provided to good use. Austin says the U.S. will try to help prepare Ukraine now to continue fighting through the winter. Meanwhile, the death toll is rising after Monday's earthquake in Indonesia's West Java province. At least 252 people dead, including several children who were in school when their buildings collapsed. The shallow quake was a magnitude 5 point six. Some are calling it a major breakthrough in the treatment of cancer. A sea change in the war against cancer, targeting the non-cancerous cells which tumors hijack as part of their life cycle. Researcher Kevin Harrington will be able to rob cancer of its ability to grow and to spread, and we will make cancer extinct through those sorts of treatments. Treatments, he says, which could start coming online in five years. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Reality TV stars Todd and Julie Chrisley sentenced to federal prison after being found guilty in a tax evasion case. Prosecutors say the Chrisleys took out 30 million bucks in fraudulent bank loans to fund their lavish lifestyle before becoming reality TV stars on USA Network's Chrisley Knows Best. The amount of greed and deception in this case is staggering, and we are grateful that a jury examined all the evidence and rendered a guilty verdict, holding these three defendants accountable for their crimes. 
The FBI's Carrie Farley, a federal judge, sentenced Todd to 12 years in prison. Julie to seven. Their accountant got three. A Brown University student athlete has made some history. According to the school, Olivia Pichardo is the first woman to be named to an NCAA Division I varsity baseball roster. Starting eighth grade or freshman year of high school, we thought, well, maybe it could actually play at the collegiate level. Indeed, she could. The 18-year-old first-year student from Queens will serve as a utility player in the spring 2023 season. And a couple on the West Coast is welcoming twins from embryos that were frozen three decades ago. The story from Family Life's Bob Price. Yeah, an historic birth in Oregon, Mark. Check this out. A woman there gave birth to healthy twins recently. They were frozen embryos donated 30 years ago. Rachel Ridgway and her husband, Philip, purposely picked embryos that had been waiting the longest in a storage tank. The twins sat on tiny straws kept in liquid nitrogen at nearly 200 degrees below zero since 1992. They were born on October 31st of this year. Bob Price, Family Life News. Thanks, Bob. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster, and this week's guest is Pastor Eric Johns of the Buffalo Dream Center, who's been bringing attention to the city's homeless population for nearly a quarter century by joining them on the streets for a week. Every year we do this, you never know what kind of weather you're going to have in western New York in November. And over the years, I've experienced everything from, oh, wow, we could get away with a T-shirt to uh, deep freeze. And they're telling people to stay in their homes. (laughs) So we've kind of experienced everything. But we look forward to it every year, no matter uh, what the weather. I guess that's appropriate in a way because people who are out on the street homeless, they don't have a choice on what weather they're going to face either. That's exactly true. The whole point of it is to live in another man's world, if even if it's just for a short time, and to identify with them and bring the love of Christ to them. Bring me back to year one. How did this get started? Well, way back um, 24 years ago, we uh, were working with uh, inner city kids at the Buffalo Dream Center, doing a lot of programs for children. And uh, we were uh, busing kids in to our church. And more than two thirds of my church was under the age of 20. And uh, most of the kids that came didn't come to uh, the Dream Center with their parents. They were plugged in through our after school programs or different things that we ran and being transported to church. And so we built a relationship with a lot of these kids. We just noticed that, you know, there were things in their life that were different than for me when I grew up. And one of those things was Christmas Day. Christmas Day for a lot of them was just a day like any other day, a day off school, nothing special. There were no presents under the tree, no special meal. So we really wanted to do something to just help some of the kids. And so that first year, we gave toys to about 200 kids, which was a lot for us. Our church was only about 30 or 40 people at the time. So we thought 200 was big. But every year as our church grew and then it became known as Boxes of Love and we started to partner with other churches. Now, uh, because of the volunteers and the partnerships that we have in the community, we're able to give food to about 3,000 families. And uh, we're now wrapping presents for usually every year around 5,000 kids. So what started with a couple of hundred children is, um, you know, really taken on a life of its own. It just began to grow. And so now we're partnering all different denominations, all different churches and youth groups, and there's businesses and families that partner with us. And so we're giving food away in about 20 different neighborhoods throughout Buffalo and Niagara Falls. And we're able to do it because we have so many great partnerships. And we're also able to help a lot of those other churches 
that are helping us. So they're coming to our uh, warehouse and picking up food so that they can feed their community. So we're running 20 different distribution sites, but we're also giving food to churches so they can reach their families and their communities, which is really exciting to me. So it's really um, become an amazing thing. It almost feels like the parable of the mustard seed come to life. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I mean, the more food we give away, the more just keeps coming in. Our warehouse is like packed solid right now. In situations like this, it's inevitable that not only are those you're trying to help blessed, but in the process, you yourself and those who have participated with you are blessed perhaps even more. There couldn't be a statement more true. A couple of years ago, somebody said to me, oh, Pastor Eric, the homeless people, they really need you. I said to them, no, I really need them because it has changed my life so much to be able to spend my life just giving to those in need and helping others. And it's so fulfilling. We're going to be working our staff and our family right up until Christmas Day. And so it's pretty much a month-long process for us of just blessing families and giving things away. We're just so totally fulfilled doing it. We, we love what we do and it changes you. We go on a lot of missions trips to Central America and I always tell people, you're going to make a difference in someone's life, but you're going to be changed. And so Boxes of Love is kind of like that. It's like a big missions trip to bless the people of Western New York and it's just been uh, over the past 24 years an incredible experience. And I bet you've seen a lot of impact on the kids who've gone out in that street with you too. Yeah, the first year I went out by myself, pretty much everybody thought I was nuts you know, to do it. And uh, now I've got so many people that want to go with me out on the street for my homeless week that I got to turn people away. Mostly I'm taking younger people. My sons are going out with me again this year. One is 18 and the other is 19 and they plan on taking it over for me. We'll always do boxes of love, but we're passing the baton next year to the younger generation to do the homeless week. It makes an impact on them and changes their lives forever. It's got to bring quite a smile to your face when you look back on those 24 years and what it's all meant. It really does. There's so many stories, so many things, so many people that are still a part of my life from over 20 years ago because we stepped out and done this. We really don't even refer to the homeless as homeless at the Dream Center. I'm doing that right now for the sake of the interview, but we always call them our friends from the streets. I've become affectionately known as their pastor. It's just been a wonderful experience to see the lives that have been impacted. It's a really nice feeling to think of the lives that have been introduced to Jesus Christ over the past quarter century. It's pretty awesome. That's Pastor Eric Johns of the Buffalo Dream Center, helping and bringing attention to the city's homeless population for nearly a quarter century. Join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. Hometown Heroes airs Tuesdays during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, now bring us some figgy spam? Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. If you're hitting the road ahead of Thanksgiving locally, regionally, no big issues foreseen. In fact, even nationally today, things are very quiet. Uh, most of the country is free of any extreme or severe weather. Our call here this afternoon is for sun and clouds. More sun in Pennsylvania, a little more cloud cover in New York, but some sun as well. High temperatures reaching the upper 30s to the middle 40s. For tonight, generally clear in Pennsylvania, fairly cloudy in New York with a flurry or a sprinkle. Low temps, 20s and low 30s. Sun and clouds tomorrow, the high in the 40s on Thanksgiving Day, a fair amount of sunshine. High temperatures then well into the 40s and lower 50s Thanksgiving afternoon. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. Finally at noon. Now bring us some figgy pudding.
can't decide what to have for lunch? Well, the folks at Hormel Meats have embraced the Christmas spirit in an unexpected way by releasing a limited edition version of their ubiquitous canned pork offering. Yes, it's figgy pudding spam. According to the label, it's your basic spam along with fig and orange flavors, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, and allspice. If you think that sounds perfectly horrible, you're apparently in the minority. The seasonal spam quickly sold out on the company website as well as Amazon. You might find it on eBay, although at a considerable markup. So just what does figgy pudding spam taste like? A Washington Post reviewer wasn't exactly impressed, saying the flavor is reminiscent of faux orange candied fruit. Hormel says, though, they were looking to, quote, capture the magic warm flavors and nostalgia we all crave during the holiday season, unquote. Somehow I think spam might not be the best choice for that. In any event, that's the world we live in for Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. As always, thank you very much for listening. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.